Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community. Our mission for this show is to inform, inspire, and impact our listening audience. Our vision, our hope, our desired outcome is that as a result, people will be encouraged to give back and make a difference in our community or beyond by sharing their time, their talents, and or their treasures. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. I think at some point in our lives, all of us have been asked to tell us about yourself. Uh, Maybe it was in a job interview or at a networking event or at a party. If you're like many people, your brain flips into autopilot and you start uttering some mix of things like your name, your job title, or your college major, maybe your certifications. And if you get comfortable, you might talk about a hobby that you have. I think the problem with that is that if you remove your name from those list of facts, you could be just about anyone, right? Anyone can potentially accumulate the training you've accumulated or the work or school experiences you've acquired. But there's so much more to you than that, like what you believe in, your unique experiences, your struggles. You are your story, and that story is your value, your one-of-a-kind contribution to the world. When people hear those parts of your story, all the areas of their brain light up, including the data processing regions of the brain, as well as the sensory part. No one knows this better than Deb DeSandro, CEO of Speak Up On Purpose. Deb helps clients with presentation skills with a goal to help them tell their story in such a way that it speaks directly to the specific wants, needs, and perhaps most importantly, the sense of humor of the audience. Welcome to the show today, Deb. Thank you, Jill. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here and, and listen to your little points along the way. Uh, as, as many of you know, the show uh, features two different nonprofits, and we give them an opportunity to tell their stories, stories of impact and inspiration. And we will have that today, I promise. But since Deb worked with each of these two nonprofits to help them in their efforts to tell an impactful story, I'm going to add her to the mix today as well. So I'm actually going to ask Deb to share with us how she helped our two nonprofits. And then at the end of the show, she'll share some key pointers to help you tell your story in an impactful way. So you're going to want to stay tuned to the end of the segment. My first nonprofit guest today is Pastor James Buskey, founding executive director of the Lighthouse Youth Center, whose mission is to be a beacon for Christ to the youth in our community. Welcome to the show today, Pastor Buskey. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Deb, for suggesting our nonprofit to be highlighted today. Absolutely. Uh, actually, you were the recipient of an Impact 100 grant, correct? That's correct. And so that's kind of how uh, you and Deb got introduced. Um, that's and, right. And you were able to, to uh, take advantage of some of the, the skill sets that Deb has and is eager to share. So, Pastor Buskey, why don't you start with us uh, by sharing with us your personal why story. So uh, thank you so much. I'm a, I'm a pastor by training, um, but I'll be honest, I did not want to be a pastor as I was growing up. Uh, I grew up uh, in Exonia, Wisconsin, so shout out to all your listeners out in the Lake Country area. <laughs> um, I grew up on my grandparents' farm, and I was during my high school years, I was really encouraged by family and friends to consider ministry, and it, 
age 18, you don't really like telling other people telling you what you should do for your occupation. Years old. <laughs> I thought I was good, but uh, no, still, I was your typical 18-year-old, and uh, I went to the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, was going to major in accounting, loved business, loved math, and figured that was the right thing to do. While I was at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, I just was observing and just seeing all the hurt that college kids were putting themselves through as they were searching for personal identity and, and purpose in life. And um, I would see them go and fill that void. I mean, I, I know who I am. I'm a holy, precious child of God, bought by the blood of Jesus. I have two purposes in life, to love God and love others. It was not that succinct at age 18, but I knew that was the end goal. And uh, as I saw the college students filling their lives, that void in their lives, that identity and purpose with junk, it just really hurt me. And it was kind of that time when I started bartering with God and said, I'll go be a pastor if, my little Jonah moment. And uh, <laughs> um, in the end, my dream job would have been to be able to be at a high school and teach 10th grade religion. And just young people would be coming to me and you could help teach them about scripture and teach them about how to make wise life decisions. And uh, that was my first four years of ministry. God blessed me with those opportunities. And then he allowed me to create my dream job, Lighthouse Youth Center. Awesome. Well, Deb, what do you think about Pastor Busky's story? I mean, you we always talk about stories of impact, and he certainly has one, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And he did it so eloquently. He used so many elements of good storytelling right from the beginning. I mean, he took us on a journey, and uh, a journey of his life from 18 to where he is when he started. To 25. <laughs> and you, ha- you have to do that in such a way that you keep the audience attention and interest and just uh, deliver what's important. So he he used a wonderful use of humor, dialogue, and he gave us descriptions that brought the moment to life for us. So wonderful mm. job. So now the listening audience is going to be keyed into those things as we move forward, right? But the, we did that on purpose because we want people to also learn from what Deb has to share and, and actually what Pastor Busky has learned in his time with you. So yes, you do tell a very impactful story. Um, tell us though about the Lighthouse Youth Center. What What is it? So Lighthouse Youth Center is an after-school program for youth ages 10 through 18. Uh, it's a place where they can gather safely for recreation, education, and every day we have an opportunity to spend a little time with Jesus in our our daily devotions. It's a free-of-charge facility. It's a drop-in facility. So as long as you meet those two requirements between age of 10 and 18, you can attend our facility free of charge. We just have a few uh, small registration things you need to be able to do, but we'll accept anyone and then come into our place uh, for those things. And where are you guys located? Uh, we Our first campus started in 2006 in the Havenwoods neighborhood, which is about 68th and Silver Spring, northwest corner of Milwaukee, where we gutted out a vacant school. It was a Christian day school that was sitting vacant. We turned it into this safe place for kids to gather. Uh, we grew a program with just me and a handful of volunteers from just open on Fridays, and we got comfortable with that. It was Thursdays and Fridays, and eventually now we've built a program that's five days a week, basically from 3 until uh, 7 o'clock, uh, 50 weeks a year, uh, and we've been doing it for 15 years. And mm. God's richly blessed us from not only that one campus in the Havenwoods neighborhood, but now we have three campuses throughout Milwaukee and looking to keep expanding. Wonderful. And now can anybody pop in from anywhere? Yeah, uh, okay. anybody, anyone can stop in. Traditionally, the kids are usually within walking distance of our campus for transportation issues, but we do have families that have moved away, and they love our services and what uh, what we offer, and they're coming back. And so mommies and daddies are dropping them off to be part of our program. Mm, there's a testament right there, right, to the effectiveness. Um, walk us through what takes place 
on a typical day? Yeah, I'd love to do that. So on a typical day, we open at 3 o'clock, and our staff is ready to go. And we have these big glass doors, and our staff is by the door waiting for kids to show up. From the very beginning, our goal is to build a relationship. And uh, our staff is opening the door and greeting uh, young people by name, asking them what they plan on doing and how to better themselves in this time frame. So really, this really personal interaction. So then basically from 3 until 4.30, kids just get to be kids. we got pool and air hockey and foosball. we like a big old Chuck E. Cheese inside. Uh, <laughs> uh, they can get a snack at our canteen. They can go to the computer lab and play addictinggames.com and, and all this stuff. Just, just be kids and burn off some energy after school. But at 4.30, they're in their seats ready to go. Uh, we do a 50-minute uh, quiet study of homework. We're helping students where they're at, education is their job, their purpose, identity, be the best student that you can be. Mm. We start with a warm-up and a cool-down, and the warm-up's, uh, are you smarter than a fifth grader? I'm not. And uh, the cool-down can be as something as simple as just what's your, what's your favorite holiday? And this gets our staff and the student to be able to interact and get to know each other on a really personal level. Mm. We take 15 minutes and then we do our 30-minute study of God's Word, giving our students an opportunity to really learn Scripture and then be able to apply it to their lives so they can make wise decisions now and then for an eternity. Mm. You know, and we talk a lot about relationships and how important building that relationship is, and especially for different generations, right? You know, I think if the younger generation realizes how rich a relationship can be with people of of grandparent age, and I'm guessing some of these kids don't have those people in their lives. And so having somebody there that cares about them and can walk alongside them and ask, how was your day? And just get them thinking about life and how they can be better and do better. Um, I remember we used to play a game with our kids called high-low. And at the dinner table, we would say, what is your high? What is your low? And, and I think building those relationships, you're able to do that. And so, and again, knowing they have a safe place to go to do that is, is important. So that's wonderful. Well, we're going to take a quick break right now. But when we return, Pastor Busky is going to share how Lake House Youth Center is different and unique as compared to other youth programs. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back after commercial break. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Pastor James Buskey, Executive Director of the Lighthouse Youth Center, and Deb DeSandro, CEO of Speak Up On Purpose. So, Pastor Buskey, what, what makes your youth program unique as compared to other youth programs that are available in the city? Well, I was one of those guys that had the privilege to be able to take some time and tour a ton of other youth programs. That's how I started, and I honestly just took the things that I really liked and then tweaked the things I didn't like and then created Lighthouse Youth Center because we really had a blank slate. So one of the things that I really noticed early on was a lot of the youth programs had part-time individuals or volunteers running the show and while the kids were in a safe place, they weren't seeing the growth that they, that in my mind, they needed to be able to have during that couple hours. So from the very beginning, we invested in full-time individuals. Uh, the purpose of that being is that on a daily basis, Monday through Friday, when the young people come into our facility, they know exactly who's greeting them at the door. They know the personality. They know uh, the temperaments. They know exactly what they're going to get from day to day, So, which really breeds uh, consistency. And, and we see that early on. When I think of that uh, early on, I had a, a mom stop in, and uh, she was 
uh, she was waiting at the door for her son to come to her. She saw her son giving hugs to volunteers and interns and a high five to me. And the mom just breaks down in tears and says, if you love my kids this much, I need to love my kids this much. Mm. And I just said, oh, we're, we're, we're here to partner with you. So our young people, when they come into our facility, they know Pastor Andy's there. They know Mr. Giles. They know Miss Michaela. They know exactly who's going to be there. And I think that's one of uh, the many things that make Lighthouse Youth Center unique, that, that dedication to a full-time individual. Mm. You know what? You never know who's watching, right? Right. You know, here's the mom off in the corner observing what you do, and you're inspiring her, and you're making an impact on her without really even recognizing it, right? Um, I'm curious, why the name Lighthouse? Um, the name was actually picked before I arrived on scene. I thought it was a fantastic name. I think from the standpoint, uh, it's uh, it's a place, a beacon for Christ for the youth to be. We're going to shine real bright in the community, and it's going to be a safe harbor uh, when there's troubles in life, and it's also going to be a place to... Uh, uh, a place where they can go out and let their light shine as well in the community and as they live for others. Mm, I love that. People like to know, sometimes people are are caught up in the metrics of things and analytics and that type of thing. How do you know that what you're doing is actually working? Yeah, that's a, a great question. So we, we follow, you know, daily attendance, unique students. We do that for a number of grant proposals and for our presentations. But one of the things that um, just recently that really kind of Puts, puts it to mind is, is that Lighthouse is working is we just recently had an alumni night where we invited back some of the students from those first five years. So 10, 15 years ago, students when they were 10, 11, 12, now all of a sudden are 23 through 32. And we had this night in June and uh, 15 former students came. A couple of them came with their own children and we had just <laughs> oh, a great night. I had, my, I had my laptop out and uh, we were going through all the photos from 2006 <laughs> to 2010, and I have all these kids who didn't have a phone at that time now have their their iPhones out, and they're snapping pictures of my computer picture, and they're <laughs> texting their friends and putting on their live social media feeds, and like, oh, my goodness, I was just a baby at that time, and they were just having so much fun. Hmm. And then we sat down for a, a taco dinner, and I... I was just kind of taking in the entire picture of just watching it because there's lots of memories that are ingrained, mm-hmm. you know, of different times of snippets in Lighthouse. And I was kind of listening to a conversation next door. There was uh, or the next table over, there was five girls, and I could just hear about how impactful Lighthouse was to them, which is so funny because uh, they were pains in the butt at that time. <laughs> Even at night, they actually went around to our interns and apologized for being snotty 12, 13, or 14-year-old <laughs> oh, wow, girls, wow. Um, which was really cool. I didn't find out that until the end. But all of a sudden, just kind of gets everyone's attention just enough in one of our facilities and just, you know, just says loud enough, Pastor Busky, you'll never know how many lives Lighthouse saved. Pastor Busky, you guys saved us. Mm. Thank you so much. And... Uh, End of story, close the book, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, wow, that's, what, that's what's most important. So and it's not a tangible thing, but it's a real-life situation of a young girl who graduated high school, graduated college, is being productive citizenry night right now, and uh, we got to be a part of that, mm. which is what we try to do every day with our team. And very fulfilling, I imagine. Yep. Yeah. I just think about if the parents were there looking at these these movies of their kids when they were little. And I say that because I just got back 25 years plus. I had videos of 25 years plus digitized. And I have been sitting up till midnight looking at these things, crying, laughing. 
it just it just warms your heart when you can look back and these and it you, it takes you right back there right it does. you're looking at these pictures and it takes you right back to that moment in time so i imagine those kids seeing those pictures was was wonderful for them you have something called the lighthouse life skills program uh, tell us about that yeah so that was one of those uh, things that developed uh, probably about 8 or 9 years ago when one of our board of directors was sitting at a meeting and says I can walk into lighthouse and I can just feel something different in our campuses you just know something is special and it's not just because Jesus is in there and it is a very important piece and Jesus permeates anything and everything we do but what he did say is like hey we I know we do all this good stuff intentionally we need to package it all together so I can tell the person in the cubicle who's down for me who may or may not be a Christian tell him that we're doing really good stuff so we sat as a team for about three months and we put everything on the marker board that we thought that a young person between the age of 10 and 18 would need to learn anywhere from managing finances how to read your payroll how to have conflict resolution how to eat at a fancy restaurant and all these different things we really came up with about 80 different objectives and then we were able to categorize them into three different categories basically Jesus walking with me my walk with Jesus and my walk with others and now these things are part of our daily, weekly, monthly metrics, which we follow to make sure that our young people are getting this well-rounded curriculum so that they can be this productive citizenry. It sounds like you're doing some really great stuff over there at, at Lighthouse Youth Center. And, and we certainly don't have, uh, unfortunately, I should say, we don't have enough time to go into everything. I could everything, tell you more stories, but, but I know there's another yes, nonprofit coming in. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and I say this all the time, we just want to plant that mustard seed, you know, get people aware build awareness of who you are and what you do, and then that will drive people, uh, hopefully, to your website to learn more. Um, we talked about a lot of different things here today. Pastor, tell us what your call to action would be for those listening. Yeah, so Lighthouse is a very difficult ministry. It can drive you a little crazy. It can be absolutely frustrating as you're working with teens and preteens. Um, it really has extreme highs and lows, but it is working, and it's working one kid at a time. So I, I know your listeners are from all over the place, and uh, my, my call to action is for your listeners to pray, to pray boldly for our youth, to pray boldly for their families, our neighborhoods, our city. Um, the battle is real. The devil has a stranglehold around many of these Milwaukee neighborhoods and communities, and he doesn't want this good news of Lighthouse to get out there. So pray boldly for our kids in this community, but also pray boldly for our staff and for our program and safety for our facilities because the battle's real. Mm. Uh, I'd love for your listeners to go to our website and learn about what Lighthouse is all about, uh, lighthouseyouthcenter.com. And there's ways that uh, people can get... Um, to use their time, talents, and treasures to support this ministry. It might be coming in as being a, a volunteer or a mentor or just telling us their story so that this grandpa and grandma type thing can happen as well inside of our facility. Maybe it's cooking a Friday night dinner or uh, just just being around our campuses because there's always maintenance to do there as well. But when you're on our website as well, uh, there is a donate button. Obviously, we want to continue to provide this programming in our three communities free of charge. Uh, our board and our staff work extremely difficult to make sure that this does happen, and we're looking for more and more people to partner with us so that we can make the difference in the lives, both now and for an eternity. A mm, number of ways that people can, can do that, use their time, talents, resources. As you said, Pastor, they can go to your website and uh, look at the different services that you offer. They can press the donate button, but there's something that everybody can do and doesn't cost a darn thing, and that is to pray. And prayer can move mountains, as we know. So 
uh, Pastor Buskey is asking for your prayer for the Lighthouse Youth Center. So thank you for being here today, Pastor. Appreciate you sharing your passion for what you do. Deb, what was it like, just quickly, I'm curious, what was it like to work with Pastor James Buskey and the Lighthouse Youth Center? Well, as you can see, he's he's so genuine and heartfelt about his uh, center and his message, and it just comes through naturally. And of course, he is a pastor, so he, he does sermons, so <laughs> my job was a little easier here. Uh, but what I loved is how open he was to learning some of the techniques and elements of storytelling and how to really capture an audience in the first few seconds of a talk. And he was open to that. He had such an engaging way of opening his talk by connecting with the women of Impact 100. He shared that uh, we always end up in the kitchen when we get together for holidays. No matter how big your house is, we always end up in the kitchen, right? (laughs) So true. (laughs) James was asking for a grant for a kitchen remodel. So oh, he tied okay. that in beautifully and brought it all together. And and I'm so glad that mm. he got the grant for his kitchen. Well, we can see that it's uh, it's certainly well-deserved. So congratulations on that. And uh, it's, uh, it's patience. Patience will win, though. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's a virtue, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Well, we all should understand the importance of providing a safe, secure environment for young people because it really does have the potential to shape their future. And we learned that the Lighthouse Youth Center is doing just that. But... What about those young adults who find themselves lost and without a support system? Stay tuned because when we return, you'll learn about an organization that embraces purpose and faith as a way to reach young homeless women. So stay tuned and we'll be right back after commercial break. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next nonprofit guest today is Deshonda Williams from Nia Imani Family who supports independent living for mothers and their children. Welcome to the show today, Deshonda. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I've also asked Deb DeSandro to stick around because we want to have her input throughout the interview as well. So, Deshonda, why don't you start by telling us what is Nia Imani Family? Nia Imani Family is a transitional living program with an emphasis on the life skills for young mothers to elevate out of poverty into uh, independence. All of the women that come into Nia Imani, they all report uh, chronic homelessness, substance abuse, violence. Um, They report current symptoms of anxiety, depression. They also report that that's a norm as part of their family. So other adults in their families have also had these experiences. So what our mission is to support these moms and equip them with the education and information as well as the practice and how do you persevere, how do you be resilient and you work through these things and still become an independent, self-sufficient citizen in the community. Mm. And who doesn't need that? That's right. I mean, you know, we all have something, you know, yes, something absolutely. going on. And, and uh, you know, I think everybody has um, 
the potential for negativity in their life and to to kind of camp there. But I think if we intentionally look for the good, it's there. So although you're talking about women who you're serving that are dealing with depression Mm -hmm. and some life circumstances that have the potential to bring them down, the wonderful thing is that you have Nia Imani family there to lift them up and to point them in the right direction, right? And to say, you know what, there's a lot of good things here uh, worth celebrating, right? Um, Where does the name Nia Imani come from? So, yeah, basically, you know, what you said. So it, Nia Imani uh, comes from the principles of Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is a celebration of African-American cultures, mostly celebrated in the United States. It's like the next day after Christmas. It's a week-long holiday. And the intentions around that celebration is to push and encourage building family, building community, financial stability together, a village around our children. Nia is Swahili for purpose, Imani is Swahili for faith. So at Nia Imani, these women since 1994, even when the program started to uh, support women dealing with substance abuse, um, which changed over the past five years to women, young women who are chronically dealing with homelessness, um, it has always been that we want to support them with living in their purpose, believing in themselves, having faith in their journey, trusting their journey. So the name really goes for what the mission and the goals have always been from the start of the program. Mm, And I love purpose and faith. That's Mm -hmm. that's wonderful. Um, How did you get involved? So I, it it will be a... short, long story about myself. <laughs> um, so I come from a working class family, military household, so a lot of structure throughout my life. And um, when I ended up going to college, I started college as a low-income, first-generation student. That was a big thing in the early 2000s. And um, I was a social work major at both UW-Madison and UW-Milwaukee. And I had uh, picked up so much experience along the way. So I worked at different shelters like Walker's Point, uh, transitional living programs. I was a child protective services case manager. And then I spent 10 years actually working at Pathfinders, who serves 11 to 25-year-olds dealing with homelessness, which is where I met Deb, who coached me for a fundraiser to raise uh, money for an outreach vehicle. She taught me how to make this really wonderful story and appeal to people using a vehicle because we were trying to get an outreach van for people living on the streets who needed the basic needs brought to them. So it has always been ingrained in me to be a professional helper. What's funny about this is that I walked into a nail shop so people could see me. They'll see how beautiful my nails are. <laughs> and I ran into Dr. Belinda Pittman, who's the CEO and founder of Ni Imani. And she sees me and she says, oh, my God, my great niece, because she is, in fact, my great auntie. Mm-hmm. Now, my family is uh, not close at all. We, you know, we know each other. We know, like, how many kids people have. We don't get together a lot. There's not a lot of connection, contact, and engagement. And so she was telling me in that moment when we were standing there, none of us got our nails done that day because we were just standing there talking <laughs> oh, wow. for a long time. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, because, you know, we hadn't really seen each other. She was telling me, like, I've been hearing about you. I've been following your work, and I've seen your interviews that you've done about homelessness. And so she uh, invited me to come down to Niamani, and next thing you know, I was volunteering and helping out, building relationships with the women. And she asked me 
to be her successor. So as she is retiring from overseeing the agency, she is also aligned with the the culture of that organization, which is building up the family, um, collectively uh, working on being responsible for our community together. And I feel honored that I get to learn from someone like her because I can see myself in her. And it definitely feels uh, admirable to work for a small organization that I can bring my skills from a larger organization. So that's how I got into Nia Imani and in the work in general. Mm. And you can see, uh, I'm sure your your great auntie saw the leadership in you and, yeah. and the skill set that you have yeah. to uh, serve in that capacity, which is which is great. Yeah. Um, how did you talk about the experiences that you've had? How how have those experiences that you've had relate to the women that you that you work with? So because the women come in with a lot of those issues and challenges, what Niamani has to offer is these life skills, these hands-on practice to how to maintain your home, uh, improving the relationship with your children, um, improving the relationship with the father, or if you have another relationship with another partner, we offer those uh, educational groups and we offer that practice. So together the women get to learn those skills but they also, there's women coming in that they have limited or extremely below poverty income level income but we're teaching them how to budget across the month. And their child's father is calling uh, so and so said they were able to save $2,000 in six months. Like what group is that? What skill? <laughs> like what are you helping them with? I want that group. I want that skill. So some of the principles that are aligned with that, that we work on collective work and responsibility, cooperative economics, unity, those are all a part of those Kwanzaa principles, too, that I mentioned earlier. Um, they're called Ujama, Ujima, Umoja. We don't go around saying all of these names, but we do make it a part of our approach. So the women do um, get to feel the culture and create that for themselves and own it for themselves. Mm. And, and building and forming relationships, again, which we talked a little bit about mm-hmm. in the first segment, how mm-hmm. important that is is between generations and yes. also between your peers. Yes. You know, if you know that you've got a friend that's going through the same thing you are, not that it makes it easier, but yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it does kind of make it easier. Yeah. You know, you can it does. offer the support. Yeah. And then when they graduate from the program, they get to live in the community with that support. Mm-hmm. And then they get to role model that for other community members and their children. So as their children grow up, they don't, they can choose to tell them this story of when I was homeless mm-hmm. or when I had these experiences. Because of the skills they get to learn, they're role modeling something completely different. And so yes, that generational trauma can change for that family. Yeah, and they start out as a mentee and move into being a mentor. Yes. Yeah. I think what's really neat is upon graduation from Nia Imani family, the women are given something that uh, serves as a reminder of their time there and what they'll need to build their futures. And it revolves around this idea of the wisdom of the turtle. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned and you're going to learn more. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking in our last segment today with Deshonda Williams and Deb DeSandro. So, Deshonda, when, when women graduate from Nia Imani family... Uh, they get a special something. 
mm-hmm. and it's it revolves around this idea of the wisdom of the turtle. Tell us how that relates to the women. So turtles are significant because they've been around for a really, really long time, and they're important and positive across all cultures. I feel like I've never heard anything negative about a turtle. And they represent wisdom, and they represent knowledge, and what is really relevant is that they carry their homes on their back, and they're their own protectors. And something fun we like to do is we talk to the moms about uh, the tortoise and the hare. Mm. And what is important about that is that in society, women, they're um, often in this competition with one another, or there's this comparison of how you get to success. And especially at Niamani, sometimes you'll see women who have a hard time disciplining their children. The way that they were brought up, there's probably a lot of yelling or use of like physical discipline. And to them, that's a norm. But for another woman, they may be able to talk to their child and calm their child down. So what we explain is, although you may see this mom having a smoother time disciplining their child, there's other issues and challenges that that mom has to get to meet her goals, to get to the finish line in her journey. So we don't need to compare because that's what the hair was doing, right? The hair was like, nah, 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 boo-boo, you sleeping, you going slow, <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to beat you, took a nap and was very cocky, and the tortoise made it to the finish line on its own time and still end up winning that race. And so we talk a lot about that to get them to know, like, this is your own individual journey. So it's something that you can take and you have the support here from us. Um, We're equipping you with the tools that you need. And so a lot of times there's, you know, the gender roles or we went to state fair. The moms were, like, freaking out because none of them had ever been. Then they're like, really? yes. <laughs> so we were, we were, uh, don't, someone donated tickets for them to get that experience. They have a lot of limited exposure in the city. And some moms come from Chicago. We've had a mom from uh, California. And so, and then moms from the city, they've never had that experience. So we had enough money to, uh, take them on this trip, to feed them, to, uh, get on rides and some of them were able to budget out their own money because they've been in the program for long enough to have that and so there they're going really quick feeding and and buying things and we're like wait a minute slow down we got all day Mm -hmm. and we have a lot to see and a lot to enjoy let's take it all in and we're talking about people who from day to day their uh hustle and their grind for their life was because i need somewhere something to eat i need somewhere to sleep i need to Mm -hmm. take a shower with my kid and so whenever we're doing anything inside of the program we just have to remind them to slow down We got 24 months, which also isn't a lot of time. But with effort, we can get there. And if we need a little bit more time, we can get there. So we truly believe in slow and steady as a means to unlearn all of the things that they've learned and how to survive, that you can live. You don't have to survive. So even when they come in the program, as soon as they come in, there's this 10-day resting period. You can sleep. You can cry. You can draw. You can journal. We get to know you. Um, We learn about your family. 
all of these things, and they start to create plans and schedule appointments and all of that, they get to rest. Mm. That is very, very hard for almost all of them. They think of all the reasons why they need to get to the hospital, why they need to go see someone else, and because they don't feel like they're making anything happen for themselves. But they have a fully furnished apartment, a roof over their head, their kid is safe, there's food in the refrigerator. It's just unlearning in their mind that you don't have to be in survival mode anymore, Mm -hmm. you can live. Mm -hmm. And that's what Nehemiah is here to offer to you for the time that you're in this program. Mm -hmm. And I think it's wonderful, too, in this story about the turtle that um, it's important to recognize that the turtle holds its head high. So, you know, everyone deserves dignity and respect. And and that's an important Mm -hmm. part of this whole wisdom of the turtle. So Mm -hmm. they talk about they receive a wooden turtle, which I understand is is wood is is precious and strong. Mm and, and a, a turtle is patient, and they understand that change takes time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the turtle has a hard shell, which you talked about so eloquently before, that the tools for survival are within mm-hmm. themselves uh, and that they can do it. And then the turtle's head is a symbol of wisdom that is held high mm-hmm. as they move forward slowly. Yes. So what a beautiful representation of, uh, of an accomplishment, really, as they yes. go through the program and, and graduate. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said before, too, you know, we as women, I guess, a, a, as a gender, uh, tend to compare ourselves, mm-hmm. like you talked about before. And, you know, I'm involved with a, a lot of different women's ministry things, and we talk about this idea of comparison, mm-hmm. that it's a sin if we compare ourselves to others, because we're each uniquely created, yes. right, and designed by God. And so, uh, you know, we each have our own passions, our own uh, unique personalities, mm-hmm. and we're not to compare our inside with someone else's outside. Yes. You know, don't look at the exterior of someone else right. and say, oh, look at them. They've got all these great things. We don't know what's going on in the yeah. inside. Nobody yeah. knows. And so we're not, we shouldn't come from a place of judgment, but, mm-hmm. you know, show each person dignity and, and respect and I think, um, you know, we can start there and then great things will unravel. Well, we always like to give time for our guests to share their call to action. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is is yours for Nia Imani? So although uh, all over our website, if you just went and Googled Nia Imani family or housing for single mothers in Milwaukee, um, and you get on our website or you check out our Facebook, you'll see that, you know, we serve single moms. The real uh, important thing that we do is we make sure that these babies are safe. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important that we have all of the items that we need to make sure that babies have the pampers, the hygiene products. When the women come in with their children, the children are either are usually five years old and younger. So they can be first time moms or they can have multiple children under the age of five. So even like role play items like kitchen sets or tables, eating sets, things that we can help moms or support moms with, you can play with your child and it's also a learning opportunity and there's also a bonding opportunity in Mm -hmm. that. Uh, We also have a on-site resale boutique. So a lot of donors will um, donate things like Pampers and things like that. And everything there is under $5. So people in the community can also come. 
the moms give to that as well. They purchase there, and instead of paying $40 for a box of Pampers at the store, they pay $5 for a box of Pampers at the oh, Alliance. wonderful. So That's wonderful. all of those needs are very important, and they'll always be important for Nia Imani because we'll always serve single moms. And do you have a list on your website of those things yes. you need? When you get to our website, it'll ask you um, how to get involved. There'll be a tab there, and the wish list will pop right up. Okay, wonderful. Well, Check them out, Nia Imani family. Lots of great things being done over there, as Deshonda shared. And uh, we just ask you uh, to, to just check them out. Go to the website and see if there's some way you can use your time, your treasures, your talents to help them in some way. So thank you for being here, Deshonda. And again, the contact information one more time is? Nia Imani Family. You can go to our website. If you type it in, it just pops up. And we're on 25th and Valley in Milwaukee, so you can also stop in and drop off items and see what we do. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here today and sharing your passion with how you're making a difference in the community. Thank you. It's your turn, Deb. Uh, Just curious, you know, what was it like to work with Deshonda? Well, um, she's just, again, so open to the story format. And I asked her to be really brave. And I said, you're, you're asking for a new car. It, it had a name. It was called Street Beat 2 because it would be the second one, right? And the car goes out in the community and provides things for the homeless youth. So I said, well, Deshonda, have you, do you have an, ever had a car you loved? And she said, yes. And I said, why don't you talk about cars and how precious they are and then get to the street beat? And it was the funnest opening, and everyone connected with it immediately. She had us laughing. She had the story. So she took that story format all the way through the talk, and we knew exactly what she wanted. She wanted the money for that car, and cars are precious to us. And again, you, Nia Imani family, is another recipient of a uh, Impact 100 grant. Yes, Niamani family will be partnering with Professional Dimensions again because Professional Dimensions is behind that Impact 100 grant. Okay, mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful. Well, Deb, uh, I think there's probably people waiting with bated breath about what you're going to share. Give us a couple pointers on, help us to understand what people should be thinking about as they're crafting their story. Okay, so story is, we, we need to hear your story. But we all know that a lot of us have a fear of public speaking. So one of the things I like to tell my clients is the the story is not about you. The talk is not about you. It's always about the audience. Consider your listener first. What is it they need to hear from your story? How might your story inspire them, inform them, or take them someplace that's different from where they started. So this takes the pressure off right away, and you can start to focus on what can I give to this audience Mm -hmm. instead of, oh, I'm nervous, I've got to tell this story about myself. So shifting that can really shift your whole talk. That, that's the first thing I share. Well, and again, I try and highlight three things, inform, inspire, and impact. And I think those three things can be taken into a story. Absolutely. And obviously, Deshonda and Pastor Busky have done that so well um, in working with you. And so if you find that you need a little bit of assistance, a um, little bit of help in crafting your story, or you just want to uh, get better at it, uh, you can reach out to Deb at Speak Up On Purpose. And Deb, you want to give your contact information? 
Sure, I would like to give my contact information in a little unique way, Jill. So I did a TED Talk, and I think it's a good example of story. And I think the message is also very inspiring for anyone that's working on a talk themselves. So if you go to YouTube and put in TED Talk, The Power of a Sea, I will come up and... The power the, of a, a C, like the a letter C, C. like the letter C, okay. the power of a C. And um, I think that would be a good place to start. So check that out. Well, I want to thank my guest today, Pastor James Buskey, Executive Director from the Lighthouse Youth Center, Deshonda Williams from Nia Imani Family, and Deb DeSandro from Speak Up on Purpose. Thank you to all of you for participating in the radio show today and, and really sharing all the ways that you strive to make a difference in the lives of those around you. So thank you. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, or if you would like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. I'd also like to thank you, our listening audience. We appreciate you taking time out of your Sunday to listen to how people and organizations are making a difference in our community. I encourage you to tune in to Milwaukee's philanthropic community every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on News Talk 1130 WISN for a dose of inspiration and valuable information. I encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows. And we're excited to, to share that we are also available on demand, which means Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. So if you are able to get an internet connection, you can listen to a show. Think about how you would tell your personal story so that the result is impact and inspiration. Remember, you are the author of your story, and your story is unique to you. So share all the wonderful things that make you you. Your passion and excitement could actually have a domino effect on those around you, which could spur others on to tell their own story in such a way that brings inspiration and impact. And also think about the tips that Deb shared earlier about thinking about who the audience is and how you can give to them instead of making it about you. It's a great way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a great day.